Whistleblower Report, exposing lies, deceptions, and all that has assaulted our way of life. We must take back our freedom and live as God designed in a free America that honors our Constitution and our Creator. Our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report from Truth for Health Foundation. This is Dr. Lee for America here with another team of our whistleblowers who are bringing you the truth about the lies, deceptions, and all of the assaults on our way of life, your freedom, and your life. For such a time as this, we are here to bring you truth, hope, and solutions. Check out our website, www.truthforhealth.org, for medical help, legal help, and all of the other resources. And now, here is your host for today. Well, I'm Jim Zitlow. I'm one of uh, 30 plaintiffs and joined by Tom Anderson and Tom Floyd. We're 30 uh, United employee plaintiffs that are suing United Airlines over their uh, mandatory vaccine mandate. Uh, going back almost 18 months, we have uh, been in the process of bringing a lawsuit against United Airlines. And tonight we're going to discuss, uh, you know, what has happened to employees under United Airlines and why we're suing United Airlines over their mandatory vaccine mandate. So I'd like to turn it over to my colleagues here, Tom and Tom, to get more into the uh, background and the case of why we're suing United Airlines over the vaccine mandate. Go ahead. All right. Uh, thanks, Dr. Lee, for having us on here today. Uh, it's it's uh, it's really kind of surreal that uh, we have to come and, and share our story um, about United because uh, we all loved working there. Um, there, there are 30 plaintiffs in this lawsuit. Uh, all three of us are pilots, but there's uh, there's uh, multiple work groups uh, stemming from um, flight attendants, uh, ramp service, mechanics, technicians, uh, customer service. Uh, we we cover the the whole range of work groups at the company, and uh, it. It really stems from United's uh, illegal mandate that came down in August of 2021. And uh, and uh, Tom, do you want to go into a little bit more details on that? Sure. Um, as you all remember, we we had the, the 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 pandemic started in the first part of 2020. Well, uh, as it turns out, airline employees were called essential employees, so we we continued to work through that 18 month time period um, between. When the pandemic began and, and when the vaccine mandate occurred with United Airlines. Now, going back into the May timeframe of 2021, uh, the company started to encourage uh, employees at United to start taking their take, start taking the vaccine. Um, put out a lot of information saying uh, different things about the vaccine. Uh, about uh, 
August the 1st, I believe, or maybe about August the 6th or so, the uh, the company made it the mandate that if you don't get the vaccine, you're going to be fired. So um, by uh, September 27th, that date came. Um, but before that date occurred, they allowed people to request exemptions. We had uh, the opportunity to request either a medical exemption or a religious exemption. Uh, most of the people in, in uh, most of the plaintiffs in this complaint fall into the category of religious exemptions. Uh, we believe that uh, our bodies are indefiable. They are temples of the Lord. And, and we were not, uh, our religious convictions compelled us to not participate with this experimental um, gene therapy, this, this, this mRNA type drug. Um, so we applied for our religious exemptions, but as soon as uh, the September 27th day came, uh, United started immediately placing everybody who were on religious exemptions uh, on unpaid leave of absence. And that would uh, apply mostly just to the uh, air crew, the pilots and flight attendants and uh, customer facing people. Well, what else do we know about the role of the federal government in bed with United Airlines in terms of payments, in terms of positions in owning shares of this publicly traded company, and the fact that that may play a role in why United Airlines seem to have had one of the most draconian mandates for the COVID shots. Yes, they were illegal, but United Airlines, among all of them, really went to the mat and was much more draconian than some of the others. In my observation as an outsider, what are some of the what, what's some of the data or, and facts about those connections? Well, well it's, early, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so, so in early 2020, uh, March, April timeframe, According to the SEC filing reports, uh, United was, uh, well, a lot of the, uh, the uh, airlines and uh, big corporations were taking money from the federal government under the CARES Act. Um, one of the purposes of that was to stay afloat. I mean, the, uh, the stocks were, were going, you know, were crashing and, and, uh, and uh, a lot of the, the executives knew that and were selling off their shares as, uh, as we uh, uh, enumerate in our, our complaint. So uh, they were in a huge financial trouble and the government swept in to, to, to fill that void, if you will. And uh, they infused uh, these companies, particularly United, <laughs> with this implicit guarantee of right. up to seven and a half billion dollars of grants and uh, and loans, and that happened around uh, the the April May timeframe of 2020. You know the uh, it, it was also revealed in that that agreement that United Airlines would buy 4.6 million shares of United Airlines stock, um, which has always struck me as very interesting that. Obviously, the government can directly affect the success of a big company like that, that they would buy the stock and then infuse the money. Obviously, the stock is going to be is going to correct in some way. But it seems to me that would almost 
I don't know the rules on SEC trading, but it seems to me that would be uh, insider sort of uh, influence, knowing how how the uh, it was like Tom said, it was an implicit guarantee that the U.S. government was going to prop up United Airlines uh, with these huge amounts of money. So that's very suspect, if you ask me. It seems to me, at the time, I think United Airlines was worth about uh, maybe thirteen billion, maybe thirteen. And some change and and 0.6 something billion dollars. When you think about it, the U.S. government infused more than half the value of the company at that one time. Um, so we we believe at that time that the private entity of United Airlines ceased to exist, and at, at that time became a government-owned business, uh, government-owned. Company. I mean, it was clear that the company had a seat at the board table. Uh, they, they could drive what the company was going to do, where they were going to go, what kind of policies they'd make. And uh, we've seen that play out over the last uh, two or three years in, uh, in, in spades. Well, I also want to expound on uh, what a state actor is. So uh, our complaint, uh, it brings in U.S. Code 1983. Uh, U.S. Code 1983 is... Um, the deprivation of rights under the Constitution. So what a state actor is, is they a private entity like United will act under the color of basically federal law and deprive those individuals, in this case, us as, as plaintiffs, of our right of informed consent, our right to refuse um, an experimental medical product and, and other such things as a as a federal uh, entity when they're not and so they have to act under color of law and they have to act as depriving you of your constitutional rights which they completely did in violation of 21 us code 360 bbb uh which we can go into a little bit later well and and tom you've given a good example before where it'd be like a like a civilian putting on a police uniform and going around and arresting people or pulling people over. It's, it's uh, clearly a violation. It's the strong penalties. And uh, we believe that's exactly what United did. They took on the color of the law, the color of the federal government and uh, took actions uh, on their own as an agent for the U S government. And I think the public has no idea the degree to which that happened not only with the airlines, particularly as you described the United Airlines situation, but that also happened with hospitals and hospital executives acting at the direction of the federal government and violating patients' constitutional rights for informed consent and violating physicians' rights under the law to practice independent medicine in their medical judgment. CEOs of hospitals were getting the incentive payments from the U.S. government to follow the U.S. government directions and take persecutory actions, fire doctors who didn't comply, fired report doctors for license violations, sham peer review across the board. So I think we were seeing that in a number of private employees, Smuckers, was sued by Warner Mendenhall's law firm on very similar principles. They were taking federal payments that enriched the CEO of the company and the executives 
while they carried out the mandates to violate the employees' constitutional rights. Well, this manifested in another way at, with United Airlines with uh, with lucrative corporate contracts. You know, bef- right when this uh, pandemic began, United somehow, go figure, uh, secured a contract with the U.S. Department of Defense to do a air quality study. Now, some of these air quality studies have been uh, used for determining the safety aboard airplanes. And United, uh, I don't know how much they got paid for that, um, but it, it doesn't mention that other airlines, they said uh, in their in their in their propaganda, they said that they were the only U.S. carrier to work with the DOD to do an air study test. Uh, that's part of uh, that, that's one of the things that they they had they were uh, awarded. Um, quid quid pro quo is what people lots of times say when that means uh, you do a little for me, I'll do a little for you. And so United Airlines, they they also got other contracts like um, they were they were chosen to fly vaccines around the world. Uh, from their port of or point of uh, you know manufacture to their like to different countries like the Netherlands or Germany, uh, they they got that contract. They also uh, were chosen to fly the baby formula during that emergency. If you remember that, uh, airplanes full of baby formula were flown to the U.S. and United got great press because they were the hero. Um, no other airlines were allowed to do that apparently. Um, I think there was uh, some some work with the uh, evacuation of people from Afghanistan, and then coincidentally, at you know, right in the middle of this, uh, Scott Kirby, our CEO, gets appointed to a position in the Biden administration. Um, it just seems like a little quid pro quo, if you ask me. Well, it looks like the pay to play in the Obama administration all over again and the Clinton Foundation and her State Department secretary. It's the same principle that's been operative here. President of United Airlines, Bret Hart, also got a juicy assignment in the Biden administration as well as Scott Kirby. So that was the quid pro quo that happened. So both of those executives got appointments in the Biden administration. That's correct. You know, the corruption just continues to be coming from all directions. I think as we continue to go forward with our lawsuit and we start getting into discovery, I think that uh, we're going to need uh, hip waiters when we get into the muck of the corruption and the the emails and the the, the, the just nastiness that I think that uh, we were we were subjected to as as employees. Tom, you you want to talk about uh, the religious exemption process that United put in place? Yeah, there was it was a very very cumbersome and difficult process to even uh, to get a, an exemption. So when the mandate came down on August sixth of twenty twenty one, everybody uh, was pretty much that you know everybody that didn't want to take it, uh, you know all thirty of us and more even uh, were were just scrambling to figure out what to do. Um, so United came up with this uh, very cumbersome process called uh, Help Hub and uh, part of the intranet of, uh, at United and uh, to, to request an exemption. Um, so the, the exemption process was, 
it, it, it didn't, it was supposed to be interactive and it wasn't. If you had any questions, uh, you, you would, you would uh, get basically a, a, it was a one-way street. So you could ask questions, you wouldn't get responses for days. Uh, you wouldn't know when the deadlines were for, for the exemption, uh, you know, process. You, you didn't know exactly if you were going to get uh, accepted or rejected. Uh, they asked you really personal questions like, are, are you really religious? And, and they actually, uh, they asked me if I would uh, have somebody that knew me well that would verify my religious uh, convictions, uh, basically saying, well, we don't think you're religious enough. Um, so I had to do that. A lot of us had to do that. Um, and uh, they, they imposed deadlines uh, over holidays and, and, uh, and very short deadlines, like two or three days, sometimes uh, like over weekends uh, and holidays uh, to, to submit any of that stuff. So it was very cumbersome. And a lot, some of us didn't even get through it. Some of us, uh, uh, I know one of the plaintiffs was outright fired because he missed a deadline and, and uh, went through, had to go through the termination process just because he missed a deadline for his religious exemption. Now, remember, Dr. Lee, you know, Title VII is part of the uh, uh, Civil Rights Act of 1964, where it basically establishes they can't, they can't discriminate against you for race, um, religion, uh, point of, you know, uh, you know, nation of, or, or port of origin, or, or nation of, of origin, um, th things like that. We've all come to know. Um, this, this act, Title VII, goes so far as to protect even atheists under religious protection. No company is allowed to use any metric to validate your religiosity. Um, but United did that. They, like Tom said, he, they, they requested for us to prove it. You know, you, you, you say you're religious, we want you to prove it. We don't think you are, we think you're a liar, basically is what they were saying to us. And that's a that's a violation of that particular uh, that particular law, Title Seven under U.S. under the uh, Civil Rights Act. Oh, you're exactly right. And actually, there is no defined metric to assess someone's religious beliefs specified in the Constitution. It is supposed to be your personal testimony. You're not supposed to have to have it corroborated by someone else. Besides, how would someone corroborate it anyway? Right. It's supposed to be a personal thing, right? So exactly. if you have a personal conviction based on your religious ideas, how is anybody going to verify that, that that's true to you? And, and, and United did that. And as a, as a, as a function of that, um, they, they uh, boasted about the fact that they had approved 84% of the people who requested, which flies in the face of, obviously it sounds better that, it, that they said we denied 16% of the people who requested it. So that, that's totally illegal. Religious, I was just gonna say my religious exemption was not even considered. I apply and had to force a medical exemption request in because I, I was qualified for both and the system only allowed you to submit either a medical or religious exemption. So I fell in the 16%. Uh, I mean, I was fortunate to get a medical exemption, uh, you know, under, you know, those 
circumstances. But again, you know, we have religious rights under the Title uh, Seven, Nineteen Class, Nineteen uh, Acts, so Civil Rights Act. Uh, just, just blatant uh, invasion of questioning our religious uh, beliefs. Uh, you know, from staff members from across the miles. It was just so invasive. Well, what I, w- I would like to come back to also in summary, before we have to take a break, I would like to just summarize for our listeners the incredible, the breadth and depth of the influence of the federal government on United Airlines that is under the big umbrella of what we Call in layman's language, pay to play. We've got purchase of stock, which you listed as 4.6 million shares of United Airlines stock that the federal government bought. 7.5 billion, with a B, of capital infused by the government into United Airlines which represented more than half of the market value of United Airlines at that time. That's right. Then you've got the lucrative government contracts for, you mentioned the air quality study. They were chosen to be the only airline flying vaccines around the world. They were chosen to fly baby formula back to the U.S. during that emergency. No other airlines allowed to do that. And they were chosen I think you said to fly people back from Afghanistan. Then we have the CEO and the president of United Airlines get these juicy appointments in the Biden administration. And they got a seat. They, the government had a seat on the board of directors. Did I miss anything that the government used to buy off the leadership of United Airlines? Well, we, we kind of think that uh, United Airlines, um, whether they were enthusiastic participants or whether they had been duped, uh, we believe that they were, we believe that they thought they had overhead cover from protection from things like what the 30 of us are doing, bringing a lawsuit against them for these actions. I think that they, they believed, and I think that there was, uh, I'm going to say it's hearsay, but I believe that there were uh, conversations that occurred uh, between the, the 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 CEO and the Biden administration, where he was uh, explaining or or that e- expressing that he was going to need some overhead cover if he went through with all this stuff. And I think that he was assured that he would have that 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 uh, that conversation is. Uh, I, I don't know if I can find that for you, but uh, it, it's it's in our files. Can I, can I add to that, Tom? Uh, so, in a, I believe it was an Atlantic interview. Uh, Scott Kirby mentioned that uh, he acknowledged that uh, that President Biden could not mandate this across the country, and that President Biden was relying on CEOs of corporations to get the vaccination out to to uh, Americans. So. He acknowledged that himself in an interview uh, with the Atlantic. Well, and if you're well, and we know that that happened in the military. We know it happened in the hospital, first responders, doctors, nurses, emergency services. Same sort of thing. The Biden administration, because we've been 
We, the foundation has been fighting on this front from August 2021 forward to stop these illegal mandates. We did four press conferences in August 2021, Stop the Shot campaign, exposing the deadly and dangerous medical consequences and the illegal actions. So this was widespread. You were on the front. You were on the front of that wave. I'm, 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 I'm sure you were, and I'm sure that we uh, were depending on some of the information you were putting out there. You know, it's ironic that in October of 2021, um, right after our company in, imposed this mandatory vaccine mandate, uh, President Biden got up uh, on a news conference or new, news where, where he gets up and talks to the press, and he just heralded that United Airlines was so clever and how what they had done, they'd, they'd gone in, in 60 days uh, or, or 30 days time to move from 59% vaccinated to 99% vaccinated and that all the other big corporations should take note and do what, do what Kirby had done. But, you know, isn't it ironic or interesting that, uh, that you, uh, President Biden wasn't taking interest in uh, Seize Candies or John Deere Tractor or, or some other big company. He was taking interest in the company that the United States government owned. He was taking interest in United Airlines. And he and he and he and he said on he said how proud he was of that company right there in front of everybody else. You're exactly right. And I remember that I just at the time did not have the background on the degree of government buying United Airlines to buy that cooperation. And I may say it more bluntly than all of you, but I've been in the trenches watching people die from these shots. And and I feel very strongly about what has been done to decimate our first responders, our military, our civilians, and families across this country and around the world. So with that note, which I always some people listening to our show regularly know that periodically I have a little bit of a rant when I start getting really angry at what's been done to humanity around the world. So on that note, this is Dr. Lee for America, and we'll take a break, and we'll be right back after the break with more on the United Airlines lawsuit and the toxic work environment that executives created persecuting those who wanted to exercise their medical and religious rights to refuse an experimental treatment that, in fact, to mandate it was a violation of the Nuremberg Code. And we'll bring that up in the second half as well. Check out our website, www.truthforhealth.org. And if you've gotten the COVID shot and been injured, download our vaccine injury treatment guide and know that there is help available to treat the damage from these experimental gene therapy shots. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to the second half of the Whistleblower Report. And this is a legal report on the United Airlines lawsuit by 30 employees who are the lead plaintiffs on this action to hold the company accountable for their illegal mandates and their violation of U.S. law and creating a toxic work environment to boot. So we have with us 
as mentioned at the beginning, Colonel James Zitlow, former U.S. Air Force and former United Airlines pilot, and Tom Anderson, Tom Floyd, both have worked with United Airlines for extended periods of time. And I want to also comment that all three of our guests today have served this country in support of our military. Tom Floyd is a retired U.S. Air Force Lieutenant Colonel fighter pilot who spent 28 years in serving America. And of course, Colonel Zetlow served as a U.S. Air Force pilot for, I think I'm correct, 30 years, 32 years, and then also served as a United Airlines pilot. And then Tom Anderson has been a United pilot for seven years, but before that, he was a DOD contractor pilot deployed with special forces 14 times, six tours to Iraq and eight tours to Afghanistan. So those of you joining us new for the second half, I want you to understand the level of commitment to this country, to the rule of law, to their oath of office, and to serving others that is represented by these three gentlemen who are courageously standing up and suing United Airlines for their egregious abuses as an agent of the United States government. So thank you all. Let's talk more about the toxic work environment that was created. It's just appalling to think that when you have a stressful job to begin with, that your employer does everything possible to make it a more toxic and more stressful workplace. So Tom Floyd, what are your thoughts about what was going on that made it so toxic? You know, it really was. And it even started when uh, when Tom was describing the uh, re- uh, reasonable accommodation process, which united uh, basically the religious and medical exemptions. Um, you know, they, they provided this so-called help hub to help us go through this process and get things squared away. They were entirely unavailable, didn't help us. Uh, I think the, the request was set out for us to have the answer to them in three days, not three business days, but we couldn't get an answer on that. So Tom mentioned that one of our, at least one of our plaintiffs uh, slipped through the cracks because he didn't know it was three days. He maybe thought it was three business days and they fired him because he didn't get it in in time. Over Labor Day weekend in 2021. So no one's in the office to help us answer questions. And I think that, and and like the letters that they requested from religious uh, requests, this was just the beginning of what they were doing to increase the pain to try and make it more and more difficult for us to continue to uh, stand by our conviction. So when the when the uh, when the vaccine mandate occurred, we had maintainers and and uh, flight attendants and and people who were working at public uh, at the customer counters um, who were forced to wear masks. Uh, um, I think Tom, you have an, an example of a situation where a uh, a gate agent came down and said, oh, you're one of them. I mean, just, and, and the same sort of thing, if this had been done to any protected group out there, 
you would have been on the carpet trying to do a tap dance, trying to keep your job, but they were allowed to just continue to do this. They, you know, awful things that were shamed. Uh, we were told not only by our company, but other, but other, other employees that we were the problem. We were the reason that the vaccines weren't working. We were killing grandma. We should have been, we were, we were irresponsible. We're selfish. We, uh, we were the reason the pandemic wasn't over uh, because of people like us. And it just boiled over into the workplace. Tom, if you want to tell that, that situation when you were in the cockpit. Yeah, I'll get, I'll get to that in a second. But bottom line is uh, under Title VII, when we ask for our accommodations, United was supposed to accommodate us in a manner that we could continue working. And, and ultimately, uh, due to the harassment and everything that led up to that, we were placed on indefinite unpaid leave. So the harassment and the, the accommodation was really not, no accommodation at all. It was, it, it was basically being it, as if you were fired. We, had, we were out on the street, no pay, no benefits. Uh, people were restricted access to their 401ks and uh, no, no medical benefits. So in the middle of a pandemic, you, you had no medical benefits. It was, it was insane. So the, so the harassment leading up to that was, uh, was just extremely stressful. I mean, we were all flying during that time. Uh, one of my last flights in, in September of 2021, uh, I was on a, a leg, uh, one of the last legs of the trip coming back from South Florida somewhere. And um, the, after we had loaded the airplane and the gate agent came down and uh, gave us our final paperwork, the captain next to me said, Oh, this guy's uh, going to be fired here in a couple weeks. And uh, the gate agent was like, well, why? And he's like, well, he's not taking the shot, so he's going to get fired. And she looked down at me and said, oh, you're one of those people. Mm -hmm. So that, that, that toxic environment was just fostered by, by everyone at the top of United. And I think I think that they encouraged it. Well, they they certainly didn't do anything to prevent that type of be, of, of action taken against us. Correct. If, if, think about that. If Tom had been pick pick a a a protected group, uh, LGBTQ, uh, uh, and any 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 other race, if they had said something like, "Oh, you're one of them," to 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 one of those people in the, in those groups. It would have not been stood for, but it was almost encouraged by by our company against us, where they were supposed to, under the law, make sure that it is a safe and 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 work environment for all the employees, all the employees, not just the ones who've taken a shot. Can I add uh, uh, just a little describe the environment a little more? There were there were these mandatory town halls where they well try to encourage uh, you to, to get the jab with increasing pressure every week as it went along. There were these doctors that were saying safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective. That was the drumbeat. And then, you know, it went from a pleasant tone in June or July to a more uh, adversarial tone, July, August into September, get the shot or, you know, else. And then there were, uh, there were even, social media posts amongst uh, employees. There were supervisors that were highly encouraging things within uh, pilot <clears throat> briefings. You know, the captain would go around asking, 
you know, did you are, and if you weren't, you know, so it was very invasive. It was very uh, firm uh, process of trying to pressure and force. And if you were not, then uh, there was a lot of uh, pressure brought from management through uh, supervisors, uh, through co co-workers to get in there and keep grandma safe by getting, doing your duty and getting your, uh, or your fellow employee doing your duty and getting your shot. So that's kind of the- Quit being so, uh, quit being so selfish, remember? Well, they also sent us out uh, these postcards, uh, open lettered postcards that had on both sides, we indicate our records indicate that you haven't taken your shot. And if you don't take this one or this one or this one, basically the Pfizer, Moderna or J&J, &J, that you would be separated from the company. So anybody in the Postal Service could read that with your name, your address and your your information was out there to the general public. That well, happened to all of us. And, 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 you know, the, 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 the mails, the, the, the mail delivery folks, they never make a mistake and put the mail in the wrong mailbox. So any of your neighbors, if it didn't come directly to your mailbox, could, would, would have this information too. You know, that's also called doxing. Basically, they were revealing your private personal information, your medical information in violation of HIPAA, and they were providing your name and address to the public. Yep. I hope you added that to your lawsuit. Yes, ma'am, it's in there. Good, good. Now, if we can just get judges to follow the law, your well, lawsuit I, should be a slam dunk. Well, I believe that our, our justice system is, uh, is uh, the best in the world. And I, and I have, I have faith that our, that our, our legal system will come to the right conclusion, uh, whatever it may be. Um, we believe we're right. I'm sure that the United would try to defend that they are right, but you know, uh, our judges are, are held to a very high standard and they're expected to review all these things. And this is a jury trial. So this is, this is going before a jury where, where we believe we will prevail, especially after we get into uh, the discovery phase and we start looking at emails and showing things and finding out that the CEO or this person, the C-suite said this to that person about vaxxed, unvaxxed people, or we believe it's gonna be very, very revealing and very damning uh, that a company, any company would treat their employees with such disdain and, and, and such absolute disgusting behavior. No, I, I hope you're right. And, and actually, we have had a very high standard under the rule of law. And that has always been something that I personally have been very proud of as an American. But I have been shocked at the degree to which Many of the lawsuits where we, the foundation has personally, has, have, we have given legal defense grants for military service members and <clears throat> civilians, and the courts are not ruling on the point of law. They are dismissing the cases and throwing it out, saying, well, we can't rule on a medical point that's in the executive branch. They're ignoring the rule of law that they are being asked to rule on, a federal case in Utah, 
brought by Dr. David Martin and Stanford Graham. Look it up, the Griner case. And the judge's opinion is shocking because he's totally ignored the points of law they were bringing and then was deferring to the medical experts in the Biden administration executive branch. That's the alarming thing that from this position as the CEO of Truth Health Foundation and a practicing physician that I've been very concerned about. Now, you brought up your suit is bringing up additional issues that are getting around some of the immunity provisions of the CARES Act, it looks to me. And you're bringing up some novel approaches. And I'm more optimistic based on some of the points of law that your suit is bringing that hopefully you will succeed. A question about the jury selection. How are we going to get a jury of your peers, which would mean people who are unvaccinated because they stood for their constitutional rights against the narrative? That's a great question, but I have a feeling that's going to be a number of years down the road. Maybe at that point, you know, you're doing you're doing your part. We're trying to do our part of waking people up to the fact that uh, I think we were lied to. And I think that when I think that generally when people find out they were lied to, they're pretty mad. Yep. I think you're right. And I think that uh, in two or three years time, when this may come to come to uh, fruition, we're going to find that there really aren't very many people remaining who are still drinking that Kool-Aid. Well, you have to think of it this way as well. Uh, you know, even if even if you agree with the the, the jab mandates for these mRNA and J and uh, J shots, even if you 100% agree with it, what happens in the future when they mandate your company that you work for mandates something that you don't want to take? Right. And if we don't stand up right now, then that precedent won't be there when that happens. And they well, were you're right. They are already planning it again. I don't know if you realize, but the provisions, the Marburg provisions under the PrEP Act have already been invoked. And there already is an experimental Marburg virus vaccine that is being launched in the near future. We are still under the monkeypox emergency, public health emergency declaration. There is an FDA approved monkeypox vaccine that was rushed through in 2019. That can also be mandated. And both of them have horrific side effects. Well, was it, was it actually FDA approved or was it EUA authorized? Marburg is EUA. Monkeypox was actually pushed through a rushed FDA approval in 2019. Well, see, that's what we found out with uh, with with all the vaccines that the uh, that came out during the EUA regarding our situation was right. that that I think that they used this word salad to kind of confuse people and further the lies 
they 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 basically said that authorized and and approved were almost interchangeable, and they are not legally. They are not, and actually, it was a bait and switch. On August twenty third, the FDA held a press conference and announced that Pfizer. Moderna and J&J would remain under emergency use authorization. Comirnaty, which was a BioNTech-Pfizer collaboration, would be conditionally approved, not full, conditionally approved, and they were given a licensing number. They were legally distinct. And 24 hours later, the BLA licensing expired after SecDef Austin had issued the mandate for the military on the morning of August 24th, 2021. Then the licensing expired for the authorized, for the conditionally approved Carbonati. It was never manufactured was never available except on emergency use authorization in Europe and only manufactured in Europe. So there never was at any time during the COVID pandemic an approved COVID-19 vaccine, mask, or test kit. None of them. They were all emergency use the entire time. You see, United, you might 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 like to say that they believed that they were telling us to to do the FDA approved version, but they can't do that because I know that in a letter that I sent to them myself in protest, telling them this is not approved. This is this is this is an EUA. I don't believe they they they're going to be able to. Now, granted, I'm not a doctor, I'm not an authority, but I certainly they can't now say that it, they didn't ever hear about it because. They got that directly from me. Well, it was on the label of the vaccine vials, emergency use authorization only. Look at the graphic that one of our military service members created and put in the column for the show that Colonel Zetlow was on with my team last week. In fact, I think that column, I sent you the link over the uh, uh, weekend, Colonel Zetlow, show that graphic to Tom Anderson and Tom Floyd and your attorneys, because I think they can use that in court. And I I really think that's an important graphic for all of you to share with the United employees, particularly those on the lawsuit and share it with those attorneys, because that the military Lieutenant Colonel Cheek did a brilliant job on those graphics. Yeah, I listened to that uh, that episode and it was fantastic. Colonel Renfer, yep. Colonel Sheik, and and uh, and uh, Jim really did a nice job at unpacking twenty one U.S. Code uh, BB three sixty BBB three, and that's in our lawsuit as well. And that's uh, that's one of the foundations of if nothing if they had not violated that law, then none of the other Title Seven or or Gina claims or anything else in our lawsuit matters because they violated, because they violated that core law. You're exactly right. 
So, but in addition, and let me say very clearly, there is no one at any leadership position that didn't was not aware that there was a deception going on to try mm-hmm. and deceive the American people, civilian and military, that there was an approved COVID shot. They knew what they were doing. They had guidance from the Department of Justice. We have whistleblowers that have revealed all of that. And that deception, pretending there was a, an approved vaccine, was all part of the campaign that knowingly perpetrated this fraud on the American people. Like and in camp- violation of the Nuremberg Code. Yeah, it's like a campaign of different disinformation. And, you know, those are the words that they keep using, disinformation, disinformation. But, you know, I wish we had time to go over some of the things that, uh, you know, as pilots, we weren't even allowed to take the drugs because they were experimental, but they forced it on us anyway. As, uh, you know, the, 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 we had uh, flight attendants that were literally brought off of a leave of absence so that they could basically fire them with this um an un, unpaid leave of absence. Um, we had, uh, you know, gate agents had been working for the company for 30 some years that were sick with COVID during the time that the RAP process was supposed to be accomplished. She went back to work after she was well again. And they said, what are you doing here? And she's like, what do you mean? What am I doing here? So we have, a, there's, there's just dozens of stories of how we were violated, but I guess the key issue that, that, that we're, we're kind of, we're coming out we're, we, and we and we thank you so much for having us on your show. We we have discovered that we are facing a Goliath yes. with, with United Airlines. They've got deep, deep pockets. They're willing to spend anything they can to, to not have to own this. And we are only 30 people. We need help. So we need any of your listeners that might feel compelled to help us pay for this. We've, we've got uh, methods set up. Through through uh, through crowdsourcing or crowdfunding, uh, that we would love them if they would help us pay for this. Well, I will certainly include all of those resources in the write up for the show, and I invite each of you to share what you would like to have in a column that we can promote and post on our website, post on America Out Loud Talk Radio just as we did over the with this last one we need the public to get behind helping defend those of you that have had the courage to step up and fight this battle and be persecuted it's what jesus said pick up take up your cross and follow me all of you are doing that and we need the public to get behind you because there but for the grace of god go all, everyone else yeah, you know, and the next mandates are coming. Go ahead, Tom. I was going to say, yeah, it's it's been a painful few years for all of us, uh, and uh, different situations, just like Tom was saying. But we we at least I personally, uh, speaking for myself, I don't regret one minute. Um, I would I would do it again if I had to, uh, and it's a, it, it stems from my religious convictions and and knowing that God is with us. And God is with me through this whole thing. So I, I'm not afraid uh, of moving forward against this Goliath. Uh, none of us are. And uh, this is our path. 
so I want to add, uh, we want to make United Airlines an example in the corporate world of what not to do and how, how not to treat you. I think that's a good uh, so goal. Not only with military experience. Yep. So, uh, you know, United Airlines is out there. They, they, they harmed us. They harmed the 30 of us. They made life miserable. So uh, we're here to try to, uh, you know, make an example of them. And we certainly look for American people's support as we go forward. Thank you. Well, well and, you know, and, you know, if, one, if I could say one more thing, there, there are thousands. I mean, United Airlines has 67,000 employees. There are thousands of United employees who took this shot under duress because they thought they were going to get fired. How many, how much medical damage has been done to those people? They were forced to make these decisions literally over a weekend. They had 30 days to get it done. And no, no, not real information was given out. If they hadn't been paying attention to shows like yours or hearing things from Dr. McCullough and others, they would not know. They would not be where we are. And I, my heart goes out to them. And, and we need to know, we need to make sure that they know that we're fighting this for them as well, because if they do it now and they get away with it, they will continue to do it over and over and over. And we have to draw our line in the sand. We have to place our flag in our marker there and say, no further. You are so right. And those employees who've gotten the shot are the walking wounded. Yes, they are. Their health consequences will be increasing in the years ahead. I'm already seeing it in my medical practice. The data is there unequivocally. Disability claims are sky high. Sudden deaths are sky high. Neurologic damage, cardiac damage, reproductive damage. It is staggering. And all of these people that have gotten the shots are at risk. And the airlines, as well as other private employers and the military, are not doing anything to monitor people for the markers of vaccine damage. And so I want to help promote your efforts to help the others know there's help available, there's treatment, but you have to know what has happened to your body. You need the right tests. And actually, I'll extend an invitation to all of you. Please bring some of the other plaintiffs on. Let's give them a voice. Let's keep this in front of the American people who need to know these are people that are serving you when you're on an airplane. You better pay attention to what's happening to them because your life is under their care whenever you fly commercially. So I want to thank all of you, all of you for your service to our country in your military roles and including a contractor pilot for special forces support, yeah. um, Tom Anderson. And I want to thank all of you for having the courage and for your faith that is inspiring you and those listening to stand on our faith, on God's truth, on medical truth, and on the rule of law. Thank you all for being here today. And you have a platform here with us anytime. I'm grateful for all you're doing. This is Dr. Lee for America. Listen up, America. This is your life at stake as well. We need your support and we want to unite and let's restore the rule of law and our great nation, one nation under God with liberty and justice for all, not a select few. We'll be back again tomorrow. 
check out our website, truthforhealth.org, and where you can also listen to all the archives of all the whistleblower reports and get information against the lies and deceptions and a way to save your life and the lives of those you love. God bless you. Stay safe, and we'll be back tomorrow. 